Welcome to the Rituals with Michaela podcast, a space for you to come as you are and tune into conversations that will support you on your path to becoming all that you're meant to be in this lifetime. I'm Michaela, a hypnotherapist and spiritual mentor. Daily rituals have been the most transformative tool in my healing and manifestation journey, and I want to share every piece of that wisdom with you. Think of this podcast as a weekly ritual for you to cultivate deeper awareness, inspiration, and connection to yourself. And most importantly, every episode will leave you with a simple ritual to integrate and embody everything you've learned. Whether you listen with your morning coffee, on your drive to work, or while you move your body, wherever you are, just take a deep breath, tune in, and turn this into your own special time just for you. Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Rituals with Michaela podcast. This is my first ever episode, and I'm so excited to just be finally doing it. I have wanted to start my own solo podcast for a while, and I've had so much resistance to it. It's a lot easier for me to start things with other people than it is to do something on my own. I definitely have a huge fear of rejection, failure that kind of shows up in every area of my life and every area of my business. And I want to share that because you might see me as someone who's always like trying new things. And that is literally how I've started to heal from (laughs) this fear of rejection, fear of failure is just by continuously putting myself out there and getting myself exposed to it. Because I know that failure is something that we decide in our minds. We decide to label something as a failure or a lesson. And I just want my life to be full of things that I tried that helped me to learn more about myself and learn more about my gifts and who I am and what I meant to contribute to the world. So I hope that me doing this right now and showing up on here is inspiring you in some way to like see everything that you want to try as a potential lesson that will help you to really figure out who you are. I know it's easier said than done. I have literally struggled to be my authentic self since I was like nine or 10 years old. I show up on social media and I I really try to be honest. I really try to be authentic, but it's almost like something comes over me where there are certain parts of myself that I've deemed as like unacceptable or not worthy of being heard and something shifts in me. And that is why I wanted to start my own podcast is because when I'm behind a mic and it's just my camera rolling and There isn't this pressure of like getting likes or whatever it is that makes me feel like I have to be perfect. I feel like I can be so much more myself and share so much more vulnerably with you guys. And every single time I share something that is personal to me, something that I've gone through, I know that it impacts somebody. It impacts somebody and helps them to feel less alone. And that's really what I want to create in this space is a place for you to go where you feel like you're doing enough, where you stop feeling like, you know, sometimes I listen to podcasts and I'm like, oh, this is such great advice. I have to do all of this. And there's so much about me to change. And while yes, growth and change are incredible and so important, I want this podcast to always be a reminder to you that there are little rituals that you can do to start to implement that change. And it's not you that's broken or the problem. You are perfect and whole as you are right now, which might be hard to believe. This is something that I'm working on so much right now is self-acceptance and embracing my true self. And part of that work has led me here to this podcast to share with you guys more about my life story, more about my relationship, share with you all of the rituals that have helped me to go from who I was five, six years ago to who I am now. And I swear, if you met Michaela Mariner five years ago, you would have thought I was a different person than who is talking to you right now. I have changed in so many amazing ways and I have no regrets of who I used to be. I don't hate her or blame her for anything, but who I am now is so much more aligned with my true self. And there are so many different stories that I could tell you and realizations that I had and rituals that I've done over the past few years to help me really become this version of me. And I think that's my greatest credential right there is that I've completely changed my life in the past 
really, I would say three years have been the most transformational for me since moving to San Diego and starting my life completely over. That is when everything started to change for me. And I started to understand the power of manifestation and trusting yourself, being your true self, getting into alignment, how to even get into alignment and how to actually do the deep healing work that makes the rest of this so much easier. So I feel like first I want to start by having us all just take a deep breath. And if you have something to like cleanse the energy in your space, you should do that with me. If you're driving or busy, no worries, but just set the intention to really be present and to know that who you are in this moment is exactly who you are meant to be. This is something that I'm working on learning. And even though there's a voice in your head that might be telling you that you're a hundred steps behind and you should have done this and you should be somewhere else right now, what if you just took this moment to say, even though my mind is telling me that, my soul knows that where I am right now in this moment, listening to this podcast, doing what I'm doing, this is where I'm supposed to be. And just let yourself melt into that for a second. That has been probably one of the most life-changing reminders that I have brought into my consciousness every day for the past month. This overwhelming energy of self-acceptance, this overwhelming energy of no matter what parts of me are showing up, my consciousness has the power to say, I accept you and I accept you and I accept you and that nothing, no thought that I have is bad or wrong and nothing that I've done has messed up my life for me. And reminding myself of that every day is literally why I'm here making this podcast right now because otherwise I would have kept myself in this spiral of fearing rejection, fearing this lack of acceptance within myself. And so I kind of want to talk about my life and what led me to have such a strong voice of perfectionism and fear of failure and just not feeling like who I am was enough. I grew up in Massachusetts in a really small town. And for those of you who are from the East Coast, you know that there is a completely different energy over there than where I am now in San Diego or really any other part of the world. I feel like the East Coast very much embodies this strong, almost toxic masculine energy of really valuing, fitting in, going with the status quo, doing what everybody else is doing. Not, I mean, this is just another way to say that, but not straying too far from the norm, not having a different opinion and making sure that you choose the safe path in life, making sure that you choose the path that you know will guarantee your success. And I was born into this world a very free-spirited being, a very free-spirited person. Even as a little kid, I remember coming into this world and just like knowing who the fuck I was, knowing that life was supposed to be fun and playful and not really understanding why people weren't getting that memo. <laughs> and so as you probably know, like I definitely got broken down by the world. I definitely had that part of me shamed and rejected over and over and over again until I was like, well, why am I here and who am I supposed to be and how can I stop feeling so rejected by my teachers and my peers and just the world and actually start to feel like I belong here. And I feel like I can place some of this blame or credit even like I don't it's not a bad thing of who I was and how safe I felt but my parents were both very like conscious uh, therapists growing up they were marriage counselors if you're wondering where I get a lot of my wisdom around relationships I watched a really healthy relationship my whole life growing up and also watched them help thousands of people with their relationships and they were really wonderful parents in a lot of ways. I'm super close to my parents and I have a really loving relationship with them, but they definitely were out of touch with the world. You know, the way that like sometimes like spiritual people can be 
when you have a kid and you're putting them through these like systems, school, and they're trying to immerse into like the regular world and then you're off up in the clouds, it can be really, really challenging to help your kid feel safe. And I think that was part of it is that I grew up in this really like safe and loving container at home. And then I went out into the world and people were just not that way. And so this shocked me as a kid. Like I really didn't understand how I like why the world was like that. And obviously my soul came here to experience that. I really believe that. And we'll talk about that in other episodes. Like, does your soul choose this? And what are soul lessons and how to really live in alignment with what your soul is calling you to? I absolutely love talking about that. But getting back to my story, I feel like that caused me to almost dissociate from my body. So at the age of like nine or 10, I felt so out of place in the world. I was horrible at sports. The school that I went to didn't even have sports, but I tried to like do dance and sports at other places. And I never was able to like fit in or feel confident doing that. I didn't really love like academics. I always loved like reading and writing, but the whole structure of academics never really made sense to me. I just kind of felt like an alien. And so I literally dissociated from my body at like 10 years old. And this is when I started to have a really severe binge eating addiction that stemmed from like not being able to process some trauma that I went through as a kid. So at this time, I was struggling with a binge eating addiction. I was developing this perfectionistic voice in my head that was telling me like who I was supposed to be at all times. We all kind of have this voice like, oh, you need to say the right thing. You need to wear this. You need to do your hair this way. You need to get your homework done or you should be dating boys at this age. And that voice became so fucking loud in my head and It became so loud that I remember my teachers would sometimes think that there was something wrong with me because I would just like zone out and dissociate. And this started to happen, especially during dance class. I, when I was younger and really confident and still in my body, was an incredible dancer. And then when I started to have this binge eating addiction, my body started to change and I started to gain weight. And I remember being in this dance class and looking in the mirror and just zoning out, staring at my body, analyzing all of its imperfections, and then comparing myself to everybody else. I need to have her waist. I need to have her legs. I need to have her arms. And because I was no longer in my body and I was up in my head, I stopped being able to dance as well. And I started to feel a lot of shame around that. And my teacher would call me out for it to like stop staring at yourself in the mirror. And there was just so much internal judgment and external judgment as well. And so at that time, I remember like getting in the car with my mom and just feeling so embarrassed and feeling like something that I was once so praised for being good at was now something that I was being judged for, for not being able to do anymore. And this really destroyed my confidence. And this was happening in so many other areas of my life. When I was growing up, I was naturally skinny and always praised for that and like how I was able to listen to my body. And then as that started to shift, I started to receive comments at school and just so much internalized shame, which also was at a time when I was starting to go through puberty. And again, love my parents, love you guys, but um, my parents didn't talk to me about sex and they didn't talk to me about puberty. And that made me feel so alone and so confused. And it wasn't that they weren't open to me bringing it up to them, but they never brought it up to me. And as a kid, that like brought up so much internalized shame because I was having all of these sexual feelings. I was starting to like boys. My body was changing in a way that I didn't understand and also had a structure or like a societal concept that the way that my body was changing was wrong and bad because I was gaining weight while going through puberty. Like I just was carrying so much internalized shame and heaviness and food was one of my main sources of pleasure at this time. It was like my only source of pleasure because you bet that I quit dance after a couple more tries of going and dissociating and being judged and shamed and yelled at. I begged my mom just to let me quit dance because I hated it. I dreaded it. And I 
in doing that, I left behind the one activity that I loved doing and I just kind of became like a shell of myself. All I looked forward to every single day after school was eating, eating snacks and watching TV and just like I didn't have any substance to my life. And while all of this was happening, having myself go through puberty and develop so much shame around the sexual feelings that I was having, I was just cut off from pleasure in every single way. And I think so many of us experience this and don't even realize it. When we're in school, we are cut off from the pleasure of being able to listen to our creative inspiration and follow those nudges and go play when we want to and make art when we want to and read when we want to. And we we are so cut off from this internal knowing of who we're supposed to be and what we're actually interested in and forced to study subjects that don't interest us, that are not aligned with our true gifts. And when we focus on these subjects and study for things that are just like our body is saying, no, I don't want to focus on that. When you like get distracted and procrastinate all the time, you're cutting yourself off from the pleasure of life, from the pleasure of being who you really are. And I think that's something that's like not talked about enough and so underrated. Yes, I think it's good to expose kids to like multiple subjects and give them that exposure, but then ultimately let them choose. And we take way too long to let ourselves choose. And even when we were letting ourselves choose our major in college, it's all based off of what can I do to survive? What can I do to make money? And not based off of what am I naturally good at? Because we don't really even know. We haven't been given enough time. And that's like another side tangent that we'll get onto. But I want you to like paint this picture of me at 12, 13, 14 years old you know, my best friends had just moved away. I didn't mention that. I started having this binge eating addiction that led my body to change. I was going through puberty. Nobody was talking to me about it. I sucked at sports. I gave up dance. I was starting to have all of these feelings that I felt so much shame around. And so I was just this mess internally. And I had this voice of perfectionism saying, well, you need to be this, 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 and this, and you need to change your body and you need to get better at this. And that voice was like so loud. And I always say that when you have that much pressure on you, it is almost impossible to move. You feel so frozen in life. And I think frozen is the exact word that I would use to kind of describe my high school experience, my teenage years, moving on from that. I was frozen inside, stuck in my own head, and desperately, desperately seeking validation of someone to tell me that I was beautiful enough, of someone to tell me that who I was was acceptable. And the way that I went about doing this was being boy crazy. I just wanted a guy in my life at all times to tell me, you're beautiful, you're worthy, you are deserving of being here on this earth. Like I literally felt like I was nothing when I was like 12 or 13. And so what actually led me to start to be boy crazy was that I always had this side of me that was like able just to connect with people at a deeper level. And in seventh grade, I made a connection with this boy in my class and he really liked me. And we, he asked me to be his girlfriend and I literally, for the first time, felt myself come back into my body and stop dissociating and start feeling happy and joyful again. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. And unfortunately, because I was so like, it was like a drug, I became like an addict and I was super clingy, was texting him all the time. I had just gotten my first cell phone. I was texting him all the time. I just wanted his attention so badly and that ended up pushing him away because anything that you're chasing after like that, it will eventually start running away from you and that is exactly what happened and he ended up going to the movies with my best friend and holding her hand at the movies before we had even broken up. And for the longest time, I would laugh at myself for being upset about a relationship that happened in seventh grade. But now as an adult, when I look back, I'm like, wow, in my first ever relationship, I was cheated on. And I was made to feel like my love was too much and who I was was too much. And because of that, I experienced such deep pain in seventh grade at such a young age of betrayal of one of my best friends and my boyfriend at the time. And 
I dealt with this all by myself because I didn't feel like I could tell my parents what was going on. I felt like they wanted to see me as this little girl who like wasn't having boy problems. So I, yeah, I went through it all by myself and I shared maybe a little bit of it, but yeah, that was the start of me just being like, okay, well, I need to find another boy to talk to. I need to find another person to fill that void because being wanted by someone made all of those really difficult feelings go away for the most part. I was still struggling with the binge eating addiction. Eating disorders took over my life for a very long time after this. So I'll weave that in to the story as I tell it, because I know there might be a lot of you that are listening that can relate to that just based off of what I usually share. But I kind of want to talk more about how craving men and attention from guys really like just destroyed my confidence in so many ways and led me down this path of believing that I was only good enough if I had a guy interested in me. And so I had, you know, just really difficult experiences with guys growing up. I had difficult experience with my first ever love, which is actually like a really vulnerable story for me to talk about. To be honest, I don't know if I really feel fully ready to like dive into this on the podcast, but I'll just give like a brief overview. And if any of you guys want to know more and have questions for me, you can always DM me, but I'm going to give a brief overview of this to really check in with my heart and with myself of if I'm ready to share more. But with my first love, I feel like that relationship was the first time that I I was about 14 or 15 and it was the first time that I had developed a real emotional connection with someone. I remember we would just text all the time and that was like mostly what our relationship was. We would see each other every now and then, but it was mostly texting and it was the first time that I had developed this really deep bond with a guy and it only lasted a couple of months, but I felt like I loved him and felt so connected to him. And as I was entering into my freshman year in high school, something that I did because I hated who I was and because I couldn't accept who I was is I lied a lot to people. I lied about random things in my life. Like I would lie and say that I was good at sports and that, you know, I had all of these amazing things going on for me. And eventually this boy found out that I had been lying to him about a lot of things. And I, I know now, like I had so much shame that I used to lie. And I know now that I used to lie because I felt shame about who I was. And I was also going through so much darkness and processing trauma that I didn't understand. So I would like lie and make up things that would maybe help someone to feel sorry for me or um, would help them to see me in a different light, would help them to see me as a cooler person than I was. And so I have so much love for that younger version of myself because while I felt so ashamed that I was lying, I know that it was the only way that I knew how to like process what I was actually feeling and really start to kind of actually think about who I wanted to be, even if I wasn't doing it in the best way possible. I fully have accepted myself and forgiven myself for that, which is why I'm even able to share this on a podcast with you. So if you've gone through a similar thing, I know that there are people out there who have. Um, just know that you would never be lying if you didn't, if you felt safe enough to tell the truth, if you felt safe enough to be who you were supposed to be. And that doesn't mean you should continue to make excuses for yourself if you're still lying to this day. But if your younger self or a past version of you is lying, ask yourself, where did I not feel safe enough to be my true self? And why did I feel like I had to share it this way and understand yourself at a deeper level? Because that's really what's helped me to heal from that time in my life and to just see myself with more compassion. But yeah, because he found out that I was lying about so many parts about who I said I was, he decided at that time to just completely cut me off. And the way that he found out that I was lying was actually through my best friend who was texting him at the time. And not only did I lose him, but I also lost her. So you can see this pattern of my best friend betraying me. And, um, you know, at the time she chose to continue to be friends with him over being my friend. And so 
I just remember just sobbing to my mom, sobbing in my bed every single night and just going through such a deep heartbreak. This is also the first guy that I ever was like sexual with too. So that added a whole nother layer of shame and abandonment to that. So that just led me to this pattern in high school of like constantly seeking a man to fix me and to make me feel better and to make me feel less alone and to make me feel wanted, which just led truly to so much pain in my life and to never feeling good enough. And in high school, I forgot to even mention, I went from this like earthy, crunchy middle school and elementary school. And then for high school, I went to a Catholic preparatory school, which was like, mm the total opposite of who I was, but I went there because it started in ninth grade and I didn't want to be the only new person. Um, but I experienced what I experienced as a kid, like times a hundred at this school. These teachers were wild in the way that they would shame kids for, you know, saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, having a different belief, not being on time, just a very strict like dress code type of thing. And there was even more shame about sex in my life at this school as well, which I consider to be so traumatic for kids because our sexual nature is literally the core part of who we are and how we experience pleasure in the world. So when we're cut off from our sexual nature, we are literally cut off from our own ability to connect to our innate pleasure, which is part of our purpose of life is to have an experience pleasure. So that's just a little side note that we'll get into in a whole nother episode. But yeah, going to Catholic school was traumatic in itself. I ended up getting like suspended at one point. I was like a bad kid in Catholic school. I was just always questioning everything because I didn't understand it. And I was dating around and that was seen as like horrible to do. And so I just always had this like feeling like I'm not doing life right. I'm not doing this right. I need to become somebody else. And Although I had that perfectionistic voice in my head for a while, it didn't start to take over until after I got suspended and I was like, holy shit, like I need to get my life together. And after I was suspended, I will share maybe that story another time. I know I keep saying that, but I don't want to dive into that right now. It wasn't even a big deal, but I remember coming back into high school and deciding, okay, I'm going to be this person that I'm supposed to be. I'm going to be the one that studies for six hours, that comes to prep school on a Saturday and meets with my teacher and talks about the test. So at this point, I really started to turn into a perfectionist and I like started to get straight A's. I started to lose a lot of weight. This was the first time I was like, I'm going to just restrict myself. I'm not fucking around anymore. I'm going to really like do everything that I think I need to do. And this was the start of like a whole nother type of eating disorder that was all revolved around restriction. And as I started to lose weight and get straight A's, I started to receive the most validation I had received in a long time. And so I started to realize, oh, if I'm just perfect, then I can be accepted. Then I can be loved. And at that time, I started to date this guy who was actually really loving and really sweet. And this was my first example of a loving relationship. Now, I was 17, 18 years old, so it wasn't exactly the most healthy relationship, but it was like at the very foundation of it, I had for the first time attracted a really good guy. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that as I started to like fit in in the world a little bit more, I started to believe that I was more deserving of love. And so again, this just put me into this cycle of feeling like if I can be perfect, if I can get straight A's, if I can be skinny, if I can meet this criteria, then the world will accept me. Then the somehow I can start to like become who I want to be. And so I really do think that I was actually manifesting a lot of this at the time. Like I spent a long time really visualizing who I wanted to be. This year when I was 17, I was like so fed up with my old life. And I just started to really like visualize that and started to take action steps that aligned with that. And so this was my senior year of high school. And the summer before my freshman year of college, I remember thinking to myself, 
who I'm going to be in college is going to be completely different. And I'm going to finally align with this voice in my head that's telling me how to be perfect. I'm going to do all of those things. I'm going to look this way. I'm going to get straight A's. I'm going to do everything that I can write. And then my life will be great. I, I remember really feeling this, that like, if I could just be this pretty popular girl that got straight A's and was perfect in every area, then everything in my life would be so much better. And I was in for a rude awakening because <laughs> yes, I looked beautiful. I started to really evolve. My entire face changed. So I definitely, that was my first experience manifesting changes in my physical appearance. But that came with such a strong lesson, um, which was that I didn't love myself. I didn't accept myself fully. I felt like I needed to be this perfect person in order to receive love and to receive validation. And so I, there was this internal part of me that was always yelling at me and telling me to do better. And I was very, very competitive and catty. And because I didn't accept myself, I feel like I was emanating this energy of people not accepting me still. So I can see why this happened, um, but college was not an easier experience for me. Just because I became beautiful in the standards of society and just because I started to get straight A's does not mean that things started to get easier for me. It actually was one of the hardest times in my life because I was so excited to start at a school and be beautiful. That's what I thought I really had to do to like get everything that I wanted was just to look beautiful and do everything perfectly. And when I tell you college was the place I like, I fit in less in college than I did in high school. And that was because of this competitive caddy energy that I had within myself. Like I was really hard on myself. And so when I got into college, I went, went to a school that was like 70% women and the women there like I think could sense this like competitive energy within me and started to really like be very mean to me. And I don't at all think that I was a victim in this because I know that I was attracting it. But I didn't realize that when you change your appearance, yes, men may flock to you and men might like you. But if you're not a nice and good person, and you become this really beautiful person who's like jealous and has that energy to you, women will sniff that out and they will start to be really mean to you and bully you and pick you apart. And I don't know if you guys remember um, Snapchat best friends, but that was like a huge thing when I was first in college. And I started talking to these guys at my school who were you know, the most popular guys, the guys that everybody wanted. And I remember I was on one of their Snapchat best friends and all of the girls at my school who were interested in him would start like subtweeting me and death staring me every time I walked by. And every time I went to a party, they would just like tell me that they didn't want me there or not let me in. Or it was just this feeling of complete rejection. And Obviously, that came from a place of insecurity on all of our parts, but I definitely fed into that and became somebody that I didn't want to be. I felt like I had to be on this constant defense of who I was, and that just wasn't naturally who I am, but it was so confusing to me to try and change myself to be this perfect person and to have to be even more rejected because of that. So that just really led me to kind of like withdraw from my school socially. And I started to date this guy who was, who didn't go to my college. And this was a very, very toxic relationship. This was the relationship that taught me the most and gave me the most contrast to know exactly what I don't want to experience in the relationship. And oddly enough, as I'm talking about him, like I can feel this love and appreciation for everything that that relationship taught me. And I don't demonize him. I know that we were both two hurt people trying our best to navigate all of our insecurities. But wow, did that take me from struggling to like actually depressed, actually very depressed and insecure and anxious. Like I could literally feel my physiology change in that relationship. I would just cry myself to sleep every night. Um, I was cheated on. 
and stayed in the relationship and just continued to put up with, you know, mental and emotional abuse. And that was, that went on for so long and just ruined a lot of my friendships, took away so much of my energy. I didn't even recognize myself anymore. And so I stayed in that relationship for a little bit over a year before getting out of it and being in my single girl era and continuously attracting assholes into my life. Um, Still throughout all of this, struggling with going from binge eating to intense restriction at the gym five days a week, six days a week, every single day sometimes, and just still striving for this perfectionism, getting straight A's, doing everything that I could but attracting a lot of assholes into my life and just drinking, partying, surrounding myself with friends who, while yes, maybe they had love for me and really were like soul sisters at the time, had a lot of darkness in them as well that would just kind of bounce off of me. And I don't ever, ever judge people in my past because I know that we were friends at a time when I had darkness within me and light, and they also had darkness and light in them. And we were a good match for each other at that time. But I spent the rest of college. It's so interesting. Now that I'm telling the story, I see all these patterns, but I spent the rest of my college experience like attracting asshole after asshole and going through like horrific experience when I was studying abroad in Italy with this Italian guy. Um, Finally to deciding, okay, I'm going to just be alone for a few months. I gave myself a few months of being alone and I started to detach and started to work on my self-confidence a little more because I was really like taking a look at who I was in the first couple of years of college. And I was like, holy shit, I do not like myself. I don't like who I was. And even at this time, I was still just like binge drinking and partying so much and so disconnected from myself. But, and I want to share that because I was not perfect at this time. My senior year of college is when Tyler walked into my life. And I know exactly how I was feeling at this moment. At the moment that Tyler walked into my life, I had just finally decided that I did not give a fuck if I had a man for the first time I really had gotten to that point because I had been in this loop my entire life since seventh grade of believing that if I just had a guy to treat me right, then all of my problems would be fixed and I could feel confident. But I had just for the first time worked on my self-confidence and that is when Tyler walked into my life and we started on a beautiful long distance relationship for the rest of my time in college. I also want to mention that I was literally the crazy party girl. I was at the club every single weekend in VIP, drinking my champagne, getting blackout drunk, drinking like eight to 10 drinks a night, doing God knows what to all hours of the night. And I was doing that over and over and over again and waking up in the morning and struggling with these body image issues and health concerns, like so many health issues of digestive problems, candida overgrowth, just UTIs, thing, all of the things that could possibly be going wrong were going wrong in my body. And I was really in the height of like a binge purge addiction. And I was still so sad. I was still so miserable. I was still disconnected to myself. And I just had this feeling in me, like, what am I supposed to do? Every single person I know, every single person that I'm friends with, alcohol is a huge part of our lives. Eating these certain foods, going out to these restaurants, that is a huge part of our lives. That's how I socialize. That's how I connect with people. That's how I connected with Tyler in the beginning. We would go out and get drunk together and have a great time. But my soul at this point, I was about 23 years old. My soul at this point was like, this is not for us anymore. My body was like, we need to do something. We need to change. What are you doing? You're killing yourself, literally. And I just at that time remember thinking like, I can't see a way out of this lifestyle. Like I don't see anybody sober, sober curious even. Like 
I don't see anybody who's actively making these choices for their health of like foods that they're eating. I remember I went to this doctor and she was like, yeah, you're going to have to go off gluten, dairy, sugar, all grains pretty much. And that to me just like didn't compute in my mind as to like how somebody could live like that. So that is when I say the old version of me, she started to kind of fade away and this new authentic loving version of me started to kind of speak up a little bit more. So I had these two parts of me and I had this knowing that as long as I stayed in the current environment that I was in, surrounded by the people that I had attracted when I wasn't being who I really was, when I was being this perfectionistic version of myself, this fun party girl, Michaela, I was not going to be able to make the changes that I needed to make to actually truly feel good. Because the way that I described the way that I felt when I was in that era of my life, I wasn't completely unhappy. I was having fun, but it was almost like this surface level of like, I'm doing all of these things to numb out all of the time. And I have like a lot of things going right for me on the surface and I'm having a lot of fun, but underneath, was this like depressed, anxious part of me crying out for help. I struggled with insomnia. I was, oh, editing my pictures like crazy. Like I was having crazy body dysmorphia from using Facetune all the time and so much anxiety that people were gonna know that I was doing that. I And I also was on this path of wanting to become a life coach. That was like really a driver too. So I was wanting to become a life coach and wanting to become someone that people could actually look up to and actually they believed that I could help them. I was wanting to um, heal my body. I was wanting to no longer experience these chronic symptoms. I was feeling like alcohol was no longer in alignment for me, but didn't know how to get out of it. And I also had that knowing since I was a kid that Massachusetts just ain't it. Massachusetts is not where I belong. I always saw myself living in California. I always believed that one day I would end up there. And so I planned a trip to go to California and visit. And the first place that I ended up staying in San Diego was Encinitas, which if you have been to Encinitas, you know it is this magical high vibe haven that's like a surf town, just like has such an incredible energy. That's like the best way to describe it is the energy is very uplifting. And once I got a little taste of the Encinitas life, even though it was like, it was rainy, it wasn't even like a great time to be there, I still fell in love with it. And I knew in my heart, this is where I have to be if I want to elevate my life, if I want to take it to the next level and actually become who I'm supposed to become. And so coming home from that trip, I was not the same. And I went through a dark night of the soul where I was severing from a lot of really close friendships. I had so many really close friends who still to this day, I feel so much love for these people that were in my life because they were genuine friendships. But it's almost like I felt like I had to remain exactly who I was in order to keep these friends. I had to remain this party girl. I had to maybe not be as spiritual as I actually am and still be considered normal. And now I'm just so far beyond that. I felt like I had to remain who I was in order to keep these people in my life. So I remember I moved back in with my parents after living in Boston and I was just like, who am I without all of this, without all of this partying and perfectionism and, you know, turning outward for my sense of self, who am I? And I was still, I wish I could go back and talk to my younger self. I was still trying to project this version of me on social media at the time um, that was, oh, I'm healing. I'm doing great. And I was definitely on my path to start healing at that time. But I now know that I was still trying to push out this perfect image. Like I have it all figured out. So at this time in my life, I was living with my parents. I really stopped drinking. I went on that diet to try and heal my body, which did not work by the way. I'm not a huge fan of those intense restriction diets because it's so much more to do. It's all, it's what you eat, but it's also a lot to do with how you feel. And that's the missing piece that not a lot of people know about. So I went on this intense restriction diet, wasn't drinking, wasn't eating grains, 
gluten, sugar, dairy, all of those things. And I was healing. I was trying to heal at least. And I was going through it. So finally, Tyler and I went on our cross country road trip to find our apartment in San Diego. It was, it took a long time to convince this man to move to San Diego with me. He has very close roots in New Jersey where he grew up and it was really challenging to get him to commit to San Diego. But finally, we did our cross country road trip to San Diego. We landed in our Airbnb, which ended up being in the apartment complex that we signed a lease in. And we both knew at that time that we were about to start a magical life for ourselves. And there was a lot of fear still. There was a lot of unknown, but I could feel in my bones when I was in San Diego that I was in the right place. And it was almost like coming home. That Massachusetts felt like I was away from home, like on a vacation or just where I didn't belong for my entire life. And coming to San Diego was like coming home for me. So at this time in my life, I was just starting to kind of call myself a life coach, just starting to kind of really like feel into that and start to actually embrace that because, oh my God, the judgment that I got calling myself a life coach in Massachusetts was like through the roof, like really intense and just brought up all of the shame and rejection and fear that I had ever felt in my entire life. And so... I was really starting my business here, but what the catalyst for my business was, was when COVID hit, which was about three months after I moved to San Diego. And that catalyst pushed me out of my service industry. I had worked in the restaurants my entire life. It pushed me out of my service industry job, had to leave that behind, and I was terrified. And at that time, I ended up starting a business as a website designer, a graphic designer, and then also as a coach. And this is when I really was forced into doing the work on myself and like thrown into it because I started to get clients. I started to get people who were depending on me. And so I was really having to embody what I was practicing for the first time. And this is when I found daily rituals. Daily, I used to call it a morning routine. Now, I just like the word ritual. It feels fun and light and freeing. And I, so I started to devote myself to meditation and yoga. I was becoming a yoga teacher at the time. And these daily rituals, I just committed to them full on five minutes at least of meditation every single day. That was like the one thing that I would hold myself to. And it was those commitments that helped me to actually start to see my patterns that actually was able to like look at my life so far and recognize that I was struggling so much because I had no clue who I was. I had no clue who I was beyond this persona that I had created based off of this perfectionistic voice that was just going off in my head all the time. So I started to really ask myself these important questions, which is maybe something you could ask yourself after this episode is, who have I been pretending to be that no longer feels right in my body? Like you could list off all of the aspects of who you are and pinpoint, I'm just being that because I think I have to, because I think in some way that this mask that I'm wearing or this thing that I identify with is serving me and protecting me in some way. And so I slowly started to come back into who I really was. And some of it at first I think was a little bit inauthentic and it felt like I was faking it. But eventually I found these rituals that just really like fit into my life that helped me to really find who I was because you cannot know who you are if you don't take still time of stillness. You cannot know who you are if you don't have any type of relationship with yourself. And if you don't know who you are, then you have no fucking idea what you actually want out of your life. You have no idea what would actually make you happy. This is why so many people feel so disconnected from what actually brings them joy, what their actual purpose is, is because they don't take that time of stillness with themselves every day. They don't have a relationship with themselves. And so this was the first time in my life that I started to actually listen to what was playing in my mind. And oh my God, it was so loud. 
it was so loud and overpowering that I hated meditating. I absolutely hated showing up to my meditation every day because one, I was like, I'm doing this wrong. I thought this was supposed to be relaxing. And really all it was, was a release of information and processing that I had not let myself do for years of my life, that I had not given myself the space to actually start to observe. And so at first it just felt so overpowering and overwhelming. And I know there are a lot of people who can relate to that with meditation. It feels so painful in the beginning because you're like, I thought this was supposed to be like relaxing me time. And really all it is, is nonstop chatter in my brain. And so I would say to just keep going and to know that you're not doing it wrong. If you're meditating and you're like, when is this going to end? Just like I said in the beginning of this episode, all it is is full acceptance. That's all you need. Full acceptance of the fact that you have a lot going on in your mind. Full acceptance of maybe the challenge that meditation is bringing into your life and knowing that you're not doing anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. Your brain isn't broken. There aren't some people who can meditate and some people who can't. It's just that you're at a space where you're needing to accept all of the voices in your mind without identifying with them. So eventually, as I was helping people as a life coach, I started to get these clients and they were doing well. They were, it was a really beautiful exchange. And I was always a natural at helping people because of the parents that I grew up having. I studied psychology in school and it was just always my greatest gift was communication, holding space for people, making people feel safe. But I was noticing that a lot of my clients just felt so stuck still, even though they had a safe space to process with me and we were talking about their goals and creating a beautiful vision for their lives, there was this inability to actually make that happen. And so being determined to not only help myself resolve this, but help others, that's when I started to study hypnotherapy. And that's when I started to really understand that Our subconscious minds control 95% of how we think, feel, and act on a daily basis. That is where our core identity comes from. And we are always manifesting from our subconscious mind. Whatever it is that we're doing on a daily basis, it's likely that the subconscious mind is controlling that. So we can talk to the conscious mind. We can try to intellectualize everything that's going on, but if we're not able to get in touch with those subconscious beliefs and allow them to be processed and felt through the body, which is our deepest connection to our subconscious mind, we're going to continue to know what we need to change and not be able to change it. Like, I don't know if you've ever had the experience of saying, oh, I'm going to make this change in my diet. I'm going to not text that guy back. I'm going to get outside and go on a walk every single day. And then you actually go to do it. And for some reason, it literally feels like you are repelled from making that change. It's because your subconscious mind has decided that that is not a safe decision for you. That's Or it just believes that's not what we do. That's not who we are. We don't identify with that person. And so hypnotherapy is such a powerful tool for being able to kind of go in and speak to the subconscious mind and find out more about why it's choosing these other patterns and why it feels more comfortable to stay in what's familiar and actually help your subconscious mind to feel safe enough to plug in this new identity of who you want to be, what action you want to take and how you want to feel. And a really core piece of that, that a lot of hypnotherapists don't even teach that I had to learn on my own was that your subconscious mind will not feel safe enough to relax to the point where you can even integrate those new beliefs if you have not processed the emotion around it. And so I started to work with somatic experiencing of shaking and different movements that we can do in the body, breath work, EFT tapping, all of these incredible tools that actually help that energy of stuck emotions to move through the body to then be able to plug in this new programming. So understanding this was the start of me fully aligning with one of my missions here on earth, which is to be this incredibly safe space for people 
and to offer these tools that help you to be able to change your identity and shift from that person who is not your authentic self, the version of you that you created because you had to survive in the world and into the version of you who is so in love with your life, who is so present and fully accepting of yourself in every moment that you don't even need things to change because you're just in flow with yourself and trusting yourself. And I know that's like a huge part of my mission here is to offer rituals, resources, podcasts, videos that show you how to do that because we all deserve to have access to this. We all deserve to have support on this journey. So here I am now after you know being in my private practice with life coaching and hypnotherapy for a few years, leading retreats, starting other podcasts, trying all of the social media tools that I possibly can to get my message out there. This is the first time that I feel so certain of what I'm teaching and so certain of the path that can help people to heal. I also will humbly brag that after going through so many toxic and difficult relationships that I have cultivated with Tyler the most sacred, incredible partnership, divine love that I could have imagined for myself. And this is not something that was just gifted to me. This is something that Tyler and I have worked on every single day of living together in our beautiful space here, cultivating a beautiful space between us and this beautiful connection and an ability to work through whatever shows up because we are not perfect. We were not born knowing how to be in healthy relationships, even though I was born into a family where that was displayed. I had to go through my share of toxicity and actually experiencing the contrast of that to come to where I am now with Tyler. So that is just such a beautiful manifestation that is in my life that I feel so called to share because when you know what it's like to be in the energy of a healthy relationship, what conversations go into that and what type of work it actually takes, you realize that It's not that some people are blessed with it and some people aren't. It's just that there is a certain mindset and energy that goes into, first of all, attracting that and then being able to maintain it. And I feel so called to share that on this podcast. I'm actually really excited because Tyler has agreed to talk through a lot of our difficulties, fights that we've been currently going through and how we've been resolving that and actually becoming closer throughout like listening to each other and learning to understand each other better. And I feel so called to share that with you guys because I think that's so valuable. I'm absolutely going to be diving more into how I built my business, my body manifestation journey of literally like when I became my true self, my external appearance shifted at such a drastic level. And as a lot of you know, I'm working on a course right now. It's been taking me a little, a little bit of time, but I'm working on it and That is a journey that I feel so called to share because we absolutely can manifest changes in our physical appearance as well. We can literally manifest anything that we want and understanding how to process emotions and rewire your mind are some of the most valuable tools that I can offer you. And speaking of, as promised, after every single episode, I want to direct you to a ritual or a resource that can help you to integrate some of what I shared and a lot of what I shared today is just my own personal story, but I recently uploaded a video to my YouTube channel that is a seven minute daily man- daily meditation for self-acceptance. And it's actually called the quantum leap daily meditation because what happens when you fully start to accept and surrender to who you are in this moment is that you actually align your energy with the version of you who has everything that they want, who has done all of the things, who is so successful and in love with their life. If you think about that version of you, they are in full acceptance of who they are and they are really content in their life circumstances because if you can imagine all the things that you want coming into your life, really being able to take that in would create such a deep feeling of, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. I'm doing this right. I'm on my path. And you can cultivate that feeling right now. And I'm doing it with you. I'm practicing this every day. So that is the ritual that I will give you for today. It's up on my YouTube now, the seven minute quantum leap into your most magnetic self daily meditation. 
I also want to encourage you, if there was something I mentioned in this episode that you're like, I want to hear you talk about that more, write that in the question box on Spotify, or I'll give you another link to either email me or send me a question in the description. But this podcast is me just sharing from my heart all about my life. I'm also going to be interviewing mentors and friends of mine who have made such a profound impact on me and the way that I see the world. And also make sure to add your questions for me and Tyler because he has already agreed. So we'll be recording that episode really soon. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this first episode. If you made it all the way to the end, I'm really, really happy you're here. And clearly there is something that is connecting our souls that made you so interested in listening to my full story. So I'm happy to have you here as part of my soul family and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to the first ever episode of the Rituals with Michaela podcast. I am so beyond honored that you're here and that you're one of my first listeners. I also would be so grateful if you would follow my podcast and leave me a review. And if you do, make sure to send me a screenshot to my DMs because I'm currently offering a 20% discount to my store for those of you who are kind enough to leave a review. Your name will also be added to a raffle to win a fully customized ritual catered to whatever it is that you have going on in your life right now. If selected, you will fill out a form where you share with me what's going on in your life and I will create you a guided hypnosis experience, daily affirmations, and journal prompts to help you move through this time in your life with greater clarity and ease. So make sure you send that screenshot of your rating to my DMs to have your name added. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you in the next episode.